Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast, episode 10. We made it. It's incredible. Episode 10 is here. Use the hashtag touchdowns all day or use the hashtag TD80Baby. Apparently that's the hashtag. Or you can use the hashtag TDAY. Touchdowns all year, I guess that is, but it's really just T-Day, like on a show day. You know, it's T-Day, it's touchdowns day. Uh, Crunk Mike is a hashtag. I'm sure he's already told his mom. And, you know, we made it to episode 10. So, at this point, I guess uh, it's open season on the numerous flaws that this podcast has. But before we get into our normal routine, let's say, because we're not going to discuss the flaws, because, you know, we too shiny for that. Um, I just want to say that There's been a ton of positive energy around this podcast, and it's a real joy to do. It's a real joy. I'm really enjoying it. We're doing great. The ninth episode was the gangbuster episode. It's just huge. Everyone listened to it. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Tell your friends about it. And it's a lot of real positive feedback from people, which feels really great. This is an original podcast. I think we kind of, I don't even know how we came up with the idea, but it feels very original as an idea, and it feels like it's an idea that suits. We have this thing where every show is different. There's a couple bands with this characteristic, but only a couple in the whole world. There's only a couple bands who do what you guys like to do. And there's only one podcast that talks about you doing the things that you like to do. And that's the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast. You know, we add a little, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek comedy here and there, make some jokes, try and keep it light. But really, this is like one of those, you know, radio shows from the 60s or something that you just can't find anymore. I mean, it would be... uh, it would be cool to do music that isn't necessarily disco disco music that maybe I don't even need to be in the band to do it. And so we're going to try that. We're going to go trying. Okay, let's just put this in perspective. This is episode 10. This is the episode that a bunch of months ago, nobody listening to this thought we were going to get to. Let's just be honest. There was no way this was happening. And yet here we are. Have you ever sat back in life and just been like, that is successful as fuck? You know what I mean? And, you know, not because you just like went to five guys or something like that, but like something good happens to you in your life and you say, man, that was successful as fuck. That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel right now. Successful as fuck. We made it to episode 10. I'm very proud of the of the first bunch of episodes we, we jogged in. It's a lot of different stuff. Really great. 
The fan feedback was terrific. We're going to get into the fan feedback later on in the show. I just want to answer one question real quick. You know, how did the podcast get started? I, I think last year I did a ton of acoustic shows. I think I did eight or ten of these things that you guys, probably a few of you are at a couple of them. The really hardcore fans really did support me and it made me feel great. And thank you all for coming to those acoustic shows. And the reason that I did the acoustic shows was because I was making technology for years. And because how could you not? I mean, it just seems like so much fun to build that kind of stuff, right? And and I decided to come back and do some music for a while because I got sick of, you know, speaking nerd speak to computer chips. Because that in itself is hard. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back into music. You know, I still the fans are still coming to the shows, you know, the... The music's still cool. I still love playing it. The band is, is everybody's into it. Everybody likes what we do. Our format, our, our entertaining format is still entertaining because it's so open-ended. It can become a lot of different things. That's a really great thing about Disco Biscuits is we can become, and we have done this, a different band from night to night. I mean, there's at least four or five different bands that were just the Disco Biscuits, calling themselves something different and playing music that was a little unexpected. My favorite being the Perfume, personally, but uh, I do think that there were a bunch of Tractor Beam shows where we literally played straight techno music and didn't play Disco Biscuit jam band stuff. And I really liked that. And I always wished that we could get Tractor Beam to that point. You know, it's kind of like learning to speak Japanese or something for the biscuits. Like, we're so groovy, and we loop a lot, and we've like, we're kind of, like, feeling it out. It's like this weird high-level poker game that the biscuits like to play on stage, you know, where we're betting with each other, and we're gambling with each other, and we're trying to get each other to, you know, do crazy things. And that's really fun about the biscuits. But what we tried to do with Tractor Beam, and we never really quite got there was we we really did have a couple practices where we were working on more of the computerized takes on music that were occurring at that time. We did a little bit of that in New Orleans this year. And we're going to do a little bit of it here and a little bit of it there. And then at some point in time, you're going to get a synergistic breakthrough, if you will. And I hope that that synergistic breakthrough will occur at a Tractor Beam show. But when are we going to play a Tractor Beam show, right? When are we going to do this stuff? So, okay, I digress. Um, let me just say that the reason I did the acoustic show, let's just go all the way back to the, the podcast. The reason that I did the acoustic show was because it was hard. The podcast is hard, but the acoustic show is harder, especially for me. Because, you know, if I could sing and people just gather around me, then the acoustic show wouldn't be that hard. But... Really, the other thing happens. People gather away from me. Um, so it's hard for me to keep everybody focused on an acoustic show. It takes a lot of work. takes a lot of practice. And my thought was, if I'm going to go back into music, I might as well just do the hardest thing, the worst thing possible. And if that breaks me, then music isn't right for me. You know, it just, I don't got the metal to do it. And so I did a bunch of acoustic shows last year, played a bunch of very vulnerable songs New songs, songs nobody ever heard before. And I did a lot of comedy to kind of deal with the anxiety of how hard 
standing on stage with only an acoustic is. I'm accustomed and very comfortable standing on stage with three of the most badass musicians to ever walk the planet. That's what I usually do. And then we play these crafted compositions that are some of the most badass compositions that have been crafted for one of the most badass bands. I'm not saying we're the most badass band, but we should be in the conversation. Now, the acoustic show, I don't have any of those crutches, if you will. And I just have to stand there and handle the situation. And one of the one of the tools that I used to do that was some comedy and some conversation and just talking to the crowd. And so at some point after I was like, wow, I can't handle these acoustic shows anymore. Like, it's too much stress. It's too crazy. Um, but I was like, you know, it sucks because I really do like the part of the show where I get to talk to the crowd. And that was ironically uh, the week that Rich Steele called me back after a year and said, yo, that podcast you told me about a year ago, maybe we should make that podcast. And then here we are, episode 10. This podcast is a great excuse for skipping tons of other shit. Great excuse. So when you need to, just pull out your podcast app. I use the Overcast app. I don't know what app you use. Go to Touchdowns All Day Podcast. Click on the new episode. Press play and check in. We're going to make a bunch of these this year. Everybody's feeling real warm and fuzzy because we made it to episode 10 and damn, success feels good as fuck. So let's talk about what we are going to do in episode 10. We are going to talk about Red Rocks because Red Rocks makes you feel good as fuck. Um, So here we go. Here we go. Touchdowns all day with John Barber podcast, the podcast that makes you feel good as fuck. So here we go. Uh, I'd like to say what's up to Max Platt Consulting. Concentrate on cannabis.com. Max is a Colorado guy. We have a Haleakala Crater, which many of you have never even heard of. Really old biscuit song. And everybody, when they hear it, they think of an island in Hawaii with a crater on it called Haleakala Crater. And I think of uh, me walking around Upper Darby. Pennsylvania, like trying to cross the street without getting hit at night while thinking about music. Because that's where I wrote Haleakala Crater. I didn't write it on some mass crater. I wrote it on the streets of Philadelphia in the middle of the night, probably with no shoes on, and occasionally almost getting hit by cars because I'm literally not paying attention to anywhere that I'm walking because I'm trying to picture this song, this epic concept thing that I want to do. I'm like a painter trying to dream up the painting and then spill it into notes. And the thing about Haleaka Crater is that's kind of what it sounds like. But it also is a new take on that idea. You know, I hadn't been Haleakala Cratering the last 10 songs. Haleakala Crater was very original in that it was an epic undertaking at the time, and now I just think it sounds like pure insanity, frankly. But um, it has been, I think, fan requested and brought back to the set list 
and we're playing it, and I have a newfound just appreciation for it. And while we're playing it, I just think of Bob's Pizza in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know everybody else is on this whole trip. I'm walking around. The same street I walked on when we wrote 7-Eleven. The same road, you know. That same, that that totally pointless Philadelphia road of the same old bullshit in the middle of a city in America road that all this stuff was written on, ironically. Um, okay, so besides that, there's Waves, Raptor Waves. Raptor is, uh, of course, the uh, Fat Five Freddy track from back in the day with Blondie on it, which the story behind that track is amazing, but I will save that for another time. And then we have Helicopters Confrontation from the Red Rock show. Great jams. Very excited. Today was a really great day. Today was a big day in Disco Biscuit fandom landom. Um, I just wanted you all to know that I made my most popular post ever to my Instagram page, Barbara Shreds. Uh, we are going to continue to be fancy on stage. We are going to continue to wear jumpsuits that are dope and pants that are dope. Uh, and then white pants when we don't have exceptionally dope other pants to wear. We are going to continue certain things about the band over the years that has been great. We are going to continue to jam excessively. Excessive jamming. Of old, but it's just going to be all different types. We are going to be doing all sorts of stuff. It might become a little bit more experimental. If, if that's even possible for any band in the world. I, I almost shudder to think of the world of a world where the disco biscuits become more experimental. Okay, enough of that. Let's jump in. I, I'm going to do another edition on the show. We do these little segments... Um, this segment is, uh, I, I can't remember what podcast it was. It was six or seven, but I was talking about Randy Macho Man Savage being left out of the story in New Orleans. And I don't remember what I called that segment, but something like, you know, remorseful attitude towards a previous episode where a error or a mission occurred. Now, I think my earlier title was a little catchier. So we'll get that title somehow. But I don't know. Me and Crunk Mike looked for it, and then we immediately got bored and stopped. So uh, I don't know if we're going to find it. You may have to find it if you listen to one of our older podcasts and you hear us talk about Randy Macho Man Savage. Tweet at us, hashtag Crunk Mike, the name of the segment where we talk about what we left out of the last episode or screwed up in the last episode. In this episode, I would like to say that we did a podcast contest in episode nine, and my description of the podcast contest was poor at best. Now, I am a professional broadcaster. I'm the host of a what ends up to be a wildly popular podcast, and I am, you know, mildly paid for this job, which does make me a professional, though. That's the one criteria. One dollar. Boom, you're a pro. That's where I draw the line right there, and I love it. Um, I was a little, you know, that Live Nation story I told last week, that's a made, That's an interesting story to tell to the public. That's, that's like a the tales of business. 
people don't talk about that stuff ever. So I was kind of, that was on my mind. And then when I had to give away these tickets, I just didn't put it together for you guys. It made no sense at all. Nobody did anything about it. Of course you wouldn't, you know. This is what we're going to do. This week, we're going to give two tickets to our 1,000th Instagram follower, which we got already. And his name is Matt Field, at Matt Fields Lives. And he's from Connecticut. Hi, Matt. Thank you for being our 1,000th Instagram follower. If Matt is, in fact, your real name, uh, you can contact us at podcast at touchdownsallday.com. And uh, you can have two free tickets to any of the upcoming Fillmore Foundry shows in Philadelphia that I will list later on in the show. So this week, we're going to do another podcast. Um, I'm going to try and make it a little tighter. Ready? We're going to give it a title. This is the Touchdowns All Day Podcast Catchphrase Contest. Okay, and this is brought to you by Live Nation. So this is the deal. You guys know the catchphrases. This is the contest. Put the catchphrase, hashtag touchdowns all day, and put the show that you want to see. We have a whole list of shows. You, on September 4, you can see Snarky Puppy. September 20, Vita Blue. September 27th, Brittany Howard of the Alabama Shakes. 29, Nick Kroll, the comedian. Two shows, early show and late show. I didn't know Nick Kroll played shows in normal venues. Did you? I had no idea. I would definitely go see that. I've seen Nick Kroll before. Guy's hilarious. Pigeons playing ping pong on October 5th. October 6th, White Denim in the Foundry. White Denim, a Texas band, I believe. Perpetual Groove in the Foundry, October 9th. Thievery Corporation, October 12th. Andy Frasco in the UN in the Foundry, October 30th. Humphreys McGee with Star Kitchen, November 1 and 2. Blues Traveler, November 3. Lettuce and Ghost Note, November 15th. And Grammatic, who has his own Bitcoin, I believe, November 22nd. So that's a good list. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a ton of stuff to see. It's crazy. I mean, anyone, anything you want to see on the list, you let us know. Put it in a in a tweet. And we will read it. That is the contest. The Touchdowns All Day podcast catchphrase contest. It's about as tight as I can deliver it in my current condition. Uh, it's episode 10. So I guess we got to hang out a little bit more. You know, it's a party. We're having a party. We're having the episode 10 podcast party. Let's see. There are probably some things that other people said online. So let's let you guys be a little bit a part of the conversation with the episode 10 party. Let's see here. We got Hetty Net. Was a picture of an elephant with its trunk over the head of a, a girl, and it's, it says 29 mi- minutes of hot air balloon at 4 a.m., and the girl is like screaming, and it says, My new girlfriend getting in a jam pants. I, I don't understand this post. Why are we an elephant? Why did you choose hot air balloon of all things? Um, it's so, it's just an interesting, I don't know what this is, but. There you go. Here's the fan too on Twitter. I was just telling my friend yesterday, Touchdowns All Day is really good, and I think it may inspire Barbara Shreds to get more into his Disco Biscuits music again. Well, shit, today is a great day. Can't wait. All right, well, you're right, the fan too. You saw the announcement today. 
That's exactly what happened. Barbara Shreds, a TDAD baby, touchdowns all day, solid gold. We got another one in the books. Always a good time listening to the John Barber podcast. Camp shows were awesome. And by the way, keep shredding. Thanks. Thanks, Thread Sound at Record Wave. Super cool. Foggy, rather groggy at Energy Color Wave. Barbara Shreds, I just revisited that or H theme. I guess that's supposed to be Orc theme from Camp 18 after the podcast. And it's a monster. Super patient jam. Everyone with the big ears on this one. TD80 baby, keep up the quality. So yeah, that's what we're saying. That's what's great about the podcast. This is the news program. You know what this is? This is the nightly news for for crazy jam band fans. You know? We play little bits of music, tell you what happened. And if you want, you can go, you know, relive the whole thing. Fern at Dancing Angel. I love that story about Live Nation, such a great vibe. As someone who's living on an island from 2008 to 2017, I could appreciate the backstory of how it all went down. Great. Okay, she was on an island from 2008 to 2017. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, TDA Baby, I present. Uh, this is Maria Presker at Ocelot, Ocelittle. At TDA Baby, I present to you the. TDAD Nugs playlist. This contains, in order, every jam discussed on the podcast and is available on Nugs.net. And this one blows us away. Like, we love this one. I can't even believe it. Um, We have a uh, pretty sweet playlist on Nugs right now. And here's one from Dub. Dub tweets 420. TDAD, really enjoying. Do you have any advice for a new jam band? Playing-wise, booking, marking, etc. We've been playing around with inverting songs, and hopefully one day we'll know the songs well enough to recognize inversions. La, la, la. At Touchdowns All Day. Any advice for a new jam band? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I think that when you commit to really... paying attention to each line vertically in the song at the same time. Like when you start to pay attention to I'm doing this with you while you're doing this, while you, while you're doing this, while you, while you're doing this. Instead of I have this song here, the chords, let's get into a groove, right? Those are kind of two different approaches. You know, sometimes you have a chord progression, let the band get into a groove and then you kind of work out of that groove, Right. That's very cool. That's what most music is. But sometimes you get a line that you want to play and then other lines that work along with it. So if you like listen to the Led Zeppelin song, What Is and What Should Never Be, it sounds like that. It sounds like the lines are kind of written against each other, but they all have a, a singability to themselves. And I think when you commit to... Making a few of your songs like that. Not all of them. For Zeppelin, of course, it was just a couple, but they're all really great parts of the repertoire. I think it takes the band to another level, and I think then the fans and the, the crowd sees that. That would be my advice for a new jam band. Dub at Dub Tweets 420. All right, guys. Episode 10. This is uh, the podcast. We made it successful as fuck. Let's hit it. mass
episode 10. And we couldn't have done it without you. Every single one of you. We couldn't have done it. We couldn't have, I couldn't have made it happen. I couldn't have gotten everybody motivated. I couldn't have convinced anybody to help. I couldn't have, I couldn't have put the kind of life into it that you demand. But we did. I feel like we did. I feel good about it. I think I have getting close to more hours of recorded podcasting than I have hours of recorded rock music in the studio. Obviously not on stage, I think. If we have a like a most hours on stage playing improv music, there's that would be an interesting chart. You know. I wonder if James Brown would be number one on that chart by a large margin. That would be my guess. If you're talking about somebody going out there and just ripping into it every night as a uh, indicator of a jam band. I don't think anyone's anywhere near James Brown, if that's your criteria, which I think it should be. And the funny thing is, I think the Beatles are on that list because I don't know. I'd like to get a I'd like to get a uh, a recording of the Beatles in the early 60s and see what that show was like, like when they were playing blues on stage and then doing like little pop numbers, but still in like the club scene. And, and, you know, they hadn't they were still jamming all night long and trying to make a living, you know. I'd be interested to see how jammy those shows were. All right, so here we are. We're going to talk about Disco Biscuits tonight. We're going to talk about Red Rocks. We're going to talk about just a really great uh, list of jams here. Let me see what we got. Here we go. This is May 25th, 2019. Disco Biscuits, Haleakala Crater. I go to find my creator, Haleakala 
sun oh, Wait for the sun Wait for the sun Wait for the sun Wait for the sun this song I didn't think I was going to like this song to be honest with you the song's really long and it's it's a lot of weird lines but I like the way we're playing it wasn't perfect but I'm cool with it I just feel like maybe now I'm hearing it and I'm like oh wow that section I think we can make that section better I just you know sometimes it's hard to hear the thing when you're playing it this is good this listening to back to the music
the part you practice, of course. And it sounded like it. It's hard to practice every part of this song, but that really is the job now, isn't it? So let's take a listen to this part.
about 25 minutes. Thank you. We want to say thank you to Numatria Live for coming out with us. Holly Echo Crater at Red Rocks. Pretty good. I'm cool with that version. I think it's going to get better. I think we definitely managed to end it in an explosive way. It's really interesting to listen to that song. You know, I very rarely get to hear that song. Um, Because there really was, there's no versions from the old days that are in the new, I don't know, you got to look for it. This is like right out for me. It's literally on the podcast list of songs. They Rich Steele literally cut it and emailed it to me. So that's how I listen to Biscuits, folks. I need to have it cut out of a show, mixed, mastered, and then emailed to me. And it works great. Here's another song that was emailed over. This is Wave Rapture Waves.
could have used that loop at the top four more times. I don't know what the hurry was to get out of that section. We're probably getting yelled at by the promoter. Somebody's probably telling us, like, get this hippie racket off our stage type of argument is going on between the promoter and the tour manager on the side of the stage. And we're doing that thing, whatever that was. Glorious Sunflower Floyd or some shit like that. And then we turn around and we see this huge fight going on on the side of the stage. Uh, There's people scrapping about whether we should continue to do our glorious flower, Floyd, whatever that stuff is called. Interesting jam. Really, really got some huge moments. Huge moments. That's kind of like, I feel like there's two different kinds of jams, really. There's a there's a jam that's like really well executed all the way through and really well put together and it builds good and it's solid. And that's like what really we want to hear every time. But it doesn't really hurt that the other t- one of the other types of the jams is this is kind of, there, there's a key change. There's a few different melodic written out parts. There are these transitions between the two. And then you get to this like climax moment of the jam, which is, that was just, uh, it was like a leaning tower of Pisa made out of glass vibrating in the wind or something. I don't know how to describe that piece of music. So I guess, you know, sometimes you play stuff like that and then you just, you like almost snap out of it and then that's why those jams change so quick helicopters confrontation
I should get a sitar on stage for just this moment. I think that would be that would be a good sound for this type of jam. Episode 10, folks. It's a wrap. We made it. 
We made it to episode 10. Wow. I can't believe we made it to episode 10, but we did. We did. Uh, we can say that. The lawyers have approved this copy. They couldn't tell us. They couldn't stop us. They couldn't stop us. We said that at the first podcast. They can't stop us. We did 10. We're going to do 10 more. We're going to go to 20. And those, I don't even know what's going to happen. We have so many great ideas. So I'm super excited for the upcoming couple of weeks because we're going to make a ton of podcasts. It's going to be very cool. Um, Special thanks, of course, to Rich Steele, to Crunk Mike, to Chris Lindvall, and to the Osiris Podcast Network and RJB. What a great team. What a great team of people. It's really a pleasure to get to this episode, and you know, I the, the most surprising thing for me, you know, now that we're here at the end of episode ten, obviously to episode eleven coming up soon. So, the most surprising thing to me is that this is still the theme song. We're mass communicating. Have a great day, folks. Thanks for being part of the podcast. We love you. We love making the podcast. See everybody later.